the door is stuck. Uh, try jiggling the handle. There is no handle in here. There's not? Are you sure? Uh, all right. I've had enough of this. Tell us where the talking llama is, and we'll burn your house to the ground. Ah, uh, don't you mean or? <sighs> Tell us where the talking llama is, or we'll burn your house to the ground. Well, which is it? That seems like a pretty crucial conjunction. <sighs> the rain, rain, rain came down, 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 in rushing, rising rivers, till the river crept out of its bed and crept right into Piglet's. For Piglet, he was frightened with quite a rightful fright. And so in desperation, a message he did write. Help, Piglet, me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, uh, yeah, uh, rewind time. No problem, it's, it's okay. This is where the fun begins. Hello, and welcome to Daily Debated, the <laughs> show where you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. I'm Nathaniel, professional podcaster Levinson. <laughs> I'm Ashley, dearly debated defector Thomas. Hey now. <laughs> and I'm Jason, who definitely would have remembered to record Daniel. <laughs> and coming to you from Canada, this is Ken Scuzzbopper Preby. All right. Ken, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yes, uh, Nathaniel, big brain Nathaniel, forgot to hit the record button. Um, so we're we're re, we're you getting you guys are getting a rewind to take two. Um, I should have said that because nobody would have known. I'm glad uh. they would have figured it out. Uh, but yes, uh, this is the show where we talk about pop culture and argue about things. And Ashley is wrong always. I mean, what? No. I didn't say that. No, no. <laughs> um, but yes, today Greg is off playing volleyball for for unknown reasons. I made a great castaway joke, but the moment has passed. Uh, but today we have a very special guest. Ken Preeby from Canada, yeah. well, in Canada. So, Ken Preeby, once again, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Let's see if I can remember what I said. Um, <laughs> so, I'm originally from Gross Point, Michigan, uh, which is just outside of Detroit. I lived there for the first half of my life, and the second half of my life so far, I've been living near Vancouver, Canada. I studied animation at University of Michigan and then moved out here to Vancouver to study animation further. Um, since then, I've been an animator for about 25 years. I've worked on several animated short films. I've written a couple books about animation, both how to do animation and the history of animation, primarily in the realm of stop motion. And uh, I also write and illustrate children's books. Love and movies just... and cartoons and everything about the animated realm, as it were. And you had just mentioned... I just asked why, before I realized we weren't recording, I just asked why Vancouver for animation you were telling us about some great animator. Ah, yes. Well, the first thing that jumped to mind was Marv Newland, who directed Bambi Meets Godzilla, which is sort of the one of the pinnacles of independent animation, as it were. I have never heard of that. I'm going to have to look it up. I either. That, that sounds, um, it sounds delightful. Does Bambi win? Don't spoil that. I actually want to find out. <laughs> I'm going to look this up now. Next next movie night. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take very long to watch. So okay. <laughs> so are you I think currently it's like thirty seconds long? <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> so, oh so is it is Bambi vs Godzilla stomp switch <laughs> and film? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what? So what do you are? Uh, so are you currently working for like an animation firm? Or are you kind of doing freelance stuff? Um, what are you currently up to? I I'm up to five foot seven. Um, <laughs> but I. Um, I, I do, I've done a lot of freelance animation work for a studio that's run by a friend of mine down in Nashville named Galen Fott. And so he has a studio called Big Fott Studios. 
and he directs uh, short films for Scholastic and Weston Woods, which are based on children's books. And so those short films get marketed to schools and libraries. And so I've worked on probably close to a dozen films for him over the years. I do animation workshops for kids on occasion as well. But my, my day job is at a media arts college called Van Arts, which is where I studied animation a long time ago. And uh, it's also where I met my wife. We met studying animation together. And um, so my, my role there is primarily in communications and marketing and student services and more of the kind of behind the scenes stuff. But, but they still have an animation program. So I do get to interact with animation students on a regular basis and kind of support them behind the scenes. Coolio. So, and the animating children's stories, I have to ask the question that I know 100% of our 6 billion listeners are thinking right now. Did you get to animate everybody poops? (laughs) No, (laughs) we we haven't, uh, we haven't covered that one. (laughs) That's too bad. That's a great book. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to ask Galen about that one. Um, The, uh, no, I've animated some of the, um, there's a series of books. The first one I did was The Librarian from the Black Lagoon. Oh, there's that's a, a great book. Of, <laughs> yeah. There's a whole series of books. Um, so I've done The Gym Teacher from the Black Lagoon, Librarian from the Black Lagoon. Um, I've animated a bunch of the Scaredy Squirrel mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. children's books and um, a few others sort of one-off children's books and a few that are part of series and things like that. So. Um, when you're working with Weston Woods, you have to basically, like the illustrator of the book is usually involved in the process. So the, idea, the the goal is to make the animated film look exactly like the book, but in an animated form. Mm-hmm. I was about to ask if that's what you did, uh, working with the illustrator and using the original art. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's a lot of fun. As you can see, we have brought on an expert in animation. And so we, I have prepared... An animation quiz down, which I will explain in a second. But first, it is time for Nathaniel Watches the Classics. So, Ken, I have been watching, I've been making an effort to watch uh, older movies that I've always been like, I really want to watch this classic movie, but I just never got around to it. So I've been making an effort to go and watch movies that are, you know, the hallmarks of genres, the stuff that, that has shaped cinema, that's referenced in everything, but going back and seeing the original, and, and Greg was joining me in that adventure. So we watched all of the Terminators, and we watched all of the Planet of the Apeses. And so, what I have been doing is, I pick an, I pick an older movie that I've watched, an older being before 2000s, most of them before 1990, and I write a little narration about it. And your goal is to figure out what movie did I watch. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I was sitting at my desk, pondering the mysteries of the universe, like whether you can get gum out of shag carpet. When this dame strolls into my office, I'm gonna use that a little bit. It's a little loud. For me. Say, yeah, there was a bit of a crescendo there. <laughs> yeah, it was a little loud. And I, then I turned the radio down. When this dame strolls into my office, she was the real look of this broad. Something about her aura. She was practically glowing, like one of them shiny Pokemon. She wasn't wearing much. Seemed to be out of breath. I gave her some whiskey to calm her nerves and she told me her story. Apparently, she gotten in deep with some European mug, bank or some kind, judging by how loaded he was. I tell ya, this guy had bread. Fancy car and a bodyguard to boot. I wouldn't want to cross paths with that fella, but he sure had a nice hat. 
Dame told me how she met a nice British guy by the pool. Real suave pe- fellow. And bada bing, bada boom, all sorts of trouble starts. Eurovision dumps her hard. Starts hanging out with this gal named after a bunch of cats. Or something like that. Tall, dark, and handsome went after him. Apparently the guy was up to no good. I went in search of them myself, got lost somewhere in Kentucky. At least the bourbon is good. European turned out to be some sort of whack job. Trying to blow up a bank vault, bank vault or something like that. I caught up with Mr. Suave himself. He said it was all about bullying. I'm not sure what soup had to do with it, but I offered to buy the guy a drink. Can't say I agree, agree with his tastes. Who the hell shakes a martini? <laughs> what movie was I watching? Well, the the, the last thing uh, told me it was a James Bond movie, but I, I have not seen enough James Bond films to be able to identify which one I'll, it is. I'll narrow it yeah. down. It is a Sean Connery James Bond. Oh, that doesn't help me because I couldn't tell you which one is which. So Yeah, I'm still on the same boat on that. So I'll give you the, 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 the hints. Aura. Think about the root of the word aura. Um, European guy who has a bodyguard with a fancy hat. Um, the other female character is named after a bunch of cats. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I, the, I, I, the, I, the I, classic I, Bond you're talking about. Uh, it's yeah. it classic Bond. The main thing takes place in Kentucky. Um, with the guy trying to blow something up in Kentucky, and it was all about bullying. Okay, so probably gonna blow up Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. Ken, Which, have you seen a lot of James Bond movies? You are correct. It is Fort Knox. Oh, I'm not not that many. I thought it was an animated film, so I was trying to think about oh, it. Oh, no, sorry. Ah. I should have done an animated uh, film, but this, I, uh, this was the one. I... Person. Um, there's a lot of animated films in, set in Europe, so that <laughs> threw me off. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's a James Bond film. Oh, okay. James Bond oh, film um, where somebody... Is it Octopussy? Uh, you're on the right track with the cat thing. Uh, so, so I know th- th- that means eight cats, right? Yes. Well, the uh, the uh... You're on the right track with that, but it, it's oh, the, gold, it's... Goldfinger. Yes. Goldfinger. Okay. Yes. The... Pussy okay. galore. Pussy galore. <laughs> 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 Named after a bunch of cats. <laughs> that, that I figured out. Okay. Yep. Such a terrible name. It really, so bad. It really is. It really is. Um, the other clue was that so the 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 girl who walked in the office is the the girl that gets killed by getting gold painted on her. Hmm. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, actually and, one of the James Bond films I've actually seen. Yeah. Ah. It's a, it's one of the it's it's really good. Um, it's it's yeah. where it's where James Bond because the first that's the third one I've been watching all of them. So Doctor No and uh, From Russia with Love are pretty standard spy stuff. There's not too much wackiness going on. Mm-hmm. And Goldfinger, it's just like here's a a, a, a mute midget who throws a, a hat that decapitates things, and this guy wants to nuke Fort Knox. Um, and it, it, and and of course, there's a person named Pussy Galore. It just gets it gets absolutely ridiculous. And they, the first thing that happens is someone gets killed by having gold painted on their body. It's yeah, it's very very silly. Mm. So wow. you are correct. It was Goldfinger. Yeah. Point to Ken. Good job, very Ken. Good. <laughs> Huzzah! Good for Huzzah. me. <laughs> now we will move into the main segments. So I have an animated quiz done. So I had all of you send me your top three animated films. And so what I did was I went and looked up quotes from those films and pulled random out-of-context quotes, So and I tried to order them from most obtuse to, oh, I know what that movie is. And so you guys are going to try to guess, A, what is the name of the movie, and B, whose list is this on? There's only one overlap. And I also got Greg's movies. Okay. 
So, okay. let us begin. And I'm going to read these as blankly as possible. So, out of context, no voice, and then if, if nobody gets them, then I'll go back and try to do voices. Why you, you unreasonable, pompous, blustering old windbag? You're living in the past, Father. This is the 14th century. Oh, I think I've got it. You think you got it? What do you think it is? Yep. Uh, is that How to Train Your Dragon? It is not How to Train Your Dragon. Oh. Next quote. Yes, it's only in my dreams. But they say if you dream a thing more than once, it's sure to come true, and I've seen him so many times. Hmm. All right, final quote. Hopefully this one gets to you. The road to true love may be barred by still many more dangers, which you alone will have to face. So arm thyself with this enchanted shield of virtue and this mighty sword of truth, for these weapons of righteousness will triumph over evil. Is that one of the Shrek movies? No, this is an old movie. It's a Disney movie. Oh. Oh, Sleeping Beauty. It is Sleeping ding, Beauty. Ding, ding, ding. Ah. Ashley said nothing because it was hers. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to... You're, oh, I, I should have said that. No, that's fine. <laughs> you're, allowed to guess, you're allowed to guess for your own. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, okay. I, how I, how I many want... quotes did that take you, Ashley? Um, yeah. where, well, where were you? Yeah, where, yeah. Oh, uh, the first one. The first one, like, yeah. You okay. blustering, yeah, yeah. pompous old windbag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was when... Uh, uh, so uh, the two yeah. kings are like... The two kings are <laughs> having it. I know Ashley's secret about that movie. She'll only watch it on VHS. No, she'll only watch it on Blu-ray. I mean, sorry, uh, Betamax. <laughs> Betamax. I don't own Betamax. But yes, I do prefer to watch it on VHS. I think I've I've hinted at that a little bit. But uh, what, what would you like me yeah. to say about Sleeping Beauty? Yeah, so we can pause here and... Uh talk about Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. So Sleeping Beauty, one, it's my favorite Disney movie. Two, uh, Aurora is also my favorite Disney princess. But the main reason I love this film is because um, I, I the first time I remember watching it, I was maybe like three or so. And I was absolutely entranced by the artwork in this film. It is a gorgeously animated film. Walt Disney actually lost money on Sleeping Beauty because it was so expensive to make. But, I mean, it, 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 obviously it paid off over the years, but um, during its initial uh, release, it it, um, it actually lost money for the studio. In, in a, I think they're doing fine now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think Disney's hurting <laughs> at this point. But the main reason I love it is because I am absolutely in love with the art. And uh, Ken already mentioned uh, the reason I prefer to watch it on VHS. And I, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this or not when we did our Boats did. episode. But the reason I prefer that is because there's uh, the scene right before um, Maleficent takes uh, Aurora up to the uh, the tower to, and she pricks her finger on the, on the spinning wheel. Maleficent is hiding in the fireplace. And because of the way, you know, the... the grainier picture on the VHS, all you can see is Maleficent's eyes, and that scared the hell out of me as a kid. <laughs> um, like, I I was... Well, but did that scare you more? Did it, when Maleficent just says, I came for you. <laughs> no, no, just the uh, the eyes was all... Like, I, I mean, I was maybe in high school before I stopped looking away. <laughs> like, it would freak me out. <laughs> well, I, 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 I will say there is a movie on here that I still hate because it scared me so much as a child. Oh, okay. All right, all right. All right. Well... Um, but yeah, that is that is why it is uh, is in my top three. It might be my favorite animated film of all time, and and it's just honestly largely for the animation. I think it's gorgeous. And then you know, there's the added special thing for me, uh, uh, Mary Costa, who voiced Sleeping Beauties from my hometown. So um, yeah, got got a little bit of a hometown connection. Nepotism. Well, you know what? She actually went to. Uh, <laughs> I've met her before. She's a super nice lady. Uh, sings opera professionally. 
Um, but she was 16 when she did the role. It's, it's, <clears throat> so it's pretty cool to, like, to have that in your resume like you know, before you're even an adult. I was Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Sleeping Beauty is definitely, it, the, yeah, like you said, the art style. It reminds me of, it, like, someone brought a stained glass window to life. Yes. Is what it reminds me of. Yes. I think that's a really apt description. And, of course, I mean, I think it's, it's I think the story's fun, too. Mm -hmm. We do a good job. All right, so for each of these, Ken is going to judge us. Obviously, he's not going to judge. We'll, we'll judge him when, when we get to his. <laughs> but he's going to judge us. Give me, a, give me a Caesar thumbs up, thumbs down for Sleeping Beauty. Uh, I think it's right about in the middle there. I wouldn't say it's my favorite uh, Disney film, but it's uh, it's for the art, no question. It's one of his most beautiful films. I remember, I think I saw it in a theater when I was like three years old or four years old, like one of the, the reissues when mm -hmm. it was, when they reissued Disney films in the theater. But yeah, I mean, the art style, no question. It's one of the most gorgeous films. I love the scene with the dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, in particular, at the end, um, I think that actually stuck out to me quite a lot. I remember I vividly, I have very vivid memories of actually seeing the the dragon sequence on the big screen as a small child, and I think that may, maybe that had some subconscious uh, effect on my love for dragons. <laughs> so, um, so I teach chemistry, and one of our labs we do flame tests, so different ions burn different colors, and copper ions burn. Maleficent fire green. Nice. Which is the only way I can describe it. It just burns yeah. Maleficent fire green, and it's always my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ken, do you know anything about the um, the animation? Because it, it's very distinct from a lot of other Disney films, especially from that time. Uh, do you know anything about the like kind of the uh, nuts and bolts of how they did it, or uh, the style? Well, it was the first. It was the first time that they the whole the whole thing of. Uh, the whole technique of using CinemaScope was relatively new mm -hmm. at the time, and so I think I'm trying to remember if it was the first one that they did. They might it might be it might have been the first one of the first films that they did in 70 millimeter on as well, and um, a much larger format. Like mm -hmm. the layouts and the, the the paper that they used was like much larger uh, because they were going for that sort of widescreen effect and um i know that basically everything about sleeping beauty was much larger in scope it's sort of one of the it's one of those transitional films as well um because let's see what year i'm just looking up what year was that uh it's like 1959 yeah yeah, yeah it's so like, i remember it was in the 50s it's sort of one of those transitional films for disney because um it's sort of one of the last films where they actually hand inked the cells mm -hmm. um, because Shortly after that, in the 60s, starting with 101 Dalmatians, they actually started the whole Xerox process, hmm. where they would actually, like the way that they would, they would do all the animation on paper, um, and then they would actually uh, hand trace the outlines of the characters onto um, clear acetate cells, and then flip the cell over and then paint the back so that the the so that's where the color of the character would show through and they lay that cell over top of a background and then take a picture of that whole layout with the camera that's pointing from overhead and they would just film one cell after another and then if the background was moving they would have to move the background a few inches before they take each picture but after that film they started this whole process of instead of hand tracing the outlines of the character they actually figured out a way to Xerox the outline of the characters and the animation onto the cells. 
and then they would flip that over and then do and then uh, fill in the color on the back imagine that cut out a whole lot of work yeah jeez <laughs> extremely tedious but extremely like, tedious but man, it, i mean the effort shows yeah yeah it's a, it's a gorgeous film it is truly is mm-hmm. yeah the design is is fantastic mm-hmm. all right next movie <clears throat> i'm sorry i bit you and pulled your hair and punched you in the face <laughs> nah the manager's a vampire he wanted me to join his legion of the undead lilo and stitch Bingo. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been probably the final 15 quote, years I need someone it. to be my friend, someone who won't run away. Maybe send an angel. The nicest things you have. Cut to Stitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love that moment. I'm I, so glad you picked that movie. I love this movie. I just wanted to hear more of it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't think I've seen Lilo and Stitch in like 15 uh, years. I really, really like Ooh, it. It's a great so film. Good. Yeah, I should it's watch it. It's been a few years for me, too. Yeah. Do we have more quotes? Uh, no, that's it for quotes. So, uh, Ken, tell us about Lilo and Stitch. Okay, well, Lilo and Stitch is my favorite Disney movie. Ooh. I think it was it's in my top three animated films in general. But it's it's my favorite Disney film because I mean, basically everything about it, I feel like it works. Um, it's it's one of the few films that blends the two D and the three D animation together like seamlessly. The songs are beautiful. The score is really great, and it's just weird. You just have the sense that the story and the script is this perfect blend of humor and weirdness, and but it's also very poignant and very meaningful. Um, there's the, the scene with Stitch going out into the woods with the ugly duckling book and saying, I'm lost, is like one of the most heartbreaking things I've mm-hmm. ever seen in any movie. And that's just the whole, that's the whole movie right there. It's such a, a, an amazing moment. Um, I love the design. I love the voices. The voice cast is fantastic. And it's just, it meant a lot to me personally when it came out. And so it became a really big favorite for, for my whole family, really. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Ohana means family still gets me every time. Um, it's so good. It also it also deserves more credit because everyone when Frozen came out everybody was all you know crazy over the fact that it was the first they said it, oh it's the first movie to have two sisters as the main characters and I'm like no bro do you even Lilo and Stitch <laughs> yeah I mean Lilo and Stitch the wasn't first even like two, a one thing it was yeah it, it spun off into millions of things how do people forget that. Mm. I know it's very strange. I mean, if you count the sisters in Cinderella, so the C- Cinderella was the first one to have two sisters as villains. Mm-hmm. Um, Lilo and Stitch is the first one to have two sisters as main characters, and I'll give Frozen credit for the fact that it's the first film with two sisters who are princesses. But you know, you got to get your semantics right if you're gonna mm-hmm. make a statement mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I think that's think that's what it is. It's the princess thing. People think Disney, they think princess movies, mm-hmm. and they've got yeah. a lot of other good ones. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is Stitch's journey to realize that he's this weird monster thing, but that that's okay, and the fact that Lilo accepts him from day one because Lilo's a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, Lilo accepts him from day one, but then he finally comes to terms with it, and I, I just love when he's fighting with Gantu at, at the like the last thing. He's like trying to smash him and says, you abomination. And Stitch is like, I'm not an abomination. He says, no. He says, yes, but also cute and fluffy. Oh. Yes. <laughs> cute and fluffy. 
I always liked uh, where they were passing like what, what was it like a like a bomb or something back yeah. and forth like happy birthday yeah. no merry christmas yeah. no happy hanukkah <laughs> <laughs> that was and, fun yep yeah i think you summed it up really well like you, all the characters personality wise and everything are just this strange mix of lovable and weird and like like adorable and strange and it's just it, yeah it makes them all very interesting Ken, do you have well, thoughts on... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, what's great about it is that it was actually made by their their Florida studio, which was a studio that basically they had to do just sort of service work on other films. And so the studio didn't really meddle with it very much. The executives didn't really get bogged down in details about how to market the film. They just said, eh, they're just making some little film down in Florida. So it was very artist driven and they sort of let the director, Chris Sanders, um, do what he wanted to do with it. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of why it works. Mm. I wanted to ask Ken, because uh, I know Lilo and Stitch got a couple of sequels. It had a spinoff um, TV series. He was in Kingdom Hearts. And it was in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so I don't know. Do you have thoughts on those real quick? I think I've only seen one of them and I don't remember it very well. Mm. Um I don't know. I think I just didn't want the orig- my love for the original film to be tarnished by mm-hmm. watching mm-hmm. too many spin-offs of, of mm-hmm. it. I, from what I saw, they were not as well rendered no. or animated as the original. So I think I just was like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't really want to see a cheap knockoff. I'd rather just watch the original over and over again. <laughs> yep. Fair. All right. Next movie. All right. All right. If I send out the troops, will you all calm down? You uncultured swine. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? This next one will clinch it. You haven't gotten it yet. It's uh, Toy Story. It is Toy Story. You are a sad, strange yeah. little man. <laughs> and, it and you have my pity. <laughs> Farewell. I say that to my son all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of Greg's. So obviously he's not here to discuss it, but... What I, I'll just say, what I love about Toy Story, I don't know about Toy Story 4, but you could argue for Toy Story 1, 2, or 3 being the best Toy Story. That's one of the few animated movies where I've seen, like, I was like, okay, yeah, that sequel was actually good and had merit on its own. Mm-hmm. And then the Toy Story 4, to me, even, even if it was a good movie on its own, completely ruined the whole point of Toy Story 3, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Toy Story 4 was fun to watch. And, sure, And, sure. you know, you got Keanu Reeves as Duke Kaboom, and that's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Um, kept trying to convince Ryan he needs to cosplay Duke Kaboom, and he will not hear of it. So y'all just apply some peer pressure <laughs> in his general direction. Nice. <laughs> I liked Toy Story 4, but I think that it's it's sort of more like an epilogue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A very long epilogue mm-hmm. for what is, I think, probably the perfect film trilogy. Because... Mm-hmm. It's every every film, every Toy Story film is essentially perfect in its mm-hmm. how it's crafted yeah. or the time it was made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all like consistently good movies. I think I think you're right. Like you could argue pretty evenly which one is the best one. It's like well, it's whichever one you like better because yeah. they're all really yeah. good. So my my personal uh-huh. favorite is Toy Story Two, mostly because when they're in Sid's place in Toy Story One and all the 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 misfit toys start coming out. Mm-hmm. That scared the crap out of me. Oh yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, as a kid, and the animation has not aged well for Toy Story One. It's been a long time since I've but seen it, it so is ugly. I I remember thinking like the last time I watched this, like it doesn't look that bad. 
Um, it looks pretty bad. Yeah, okay. Well, it's I, like going back and watching Veggie Tales, and you're like, <laughs> "What in God's name was happening here?" Um, so, yeah. so I mean, it really was like I think. Mm, Ken, you can correct me on this, but I really think Monsters Inc. is the first 3D animated film that I look back and say, "No, that still looks really, really good." And yeah, well, it, it took them like it was the hair. Yeah. It, it, there mm-hmm. was a lot of technical innovations on on the 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 hair blowing in the snow, mm-hmm. and um, and Pete Doctor is just such a great storyteller. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what came before that. It, it animation, computer animation was so new at that time. Mm-hmm. That you know, I think that the 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 toys in Toy Story, I think, held up much better than the yeah, humans did. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, they've gotten much better at animating humans mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's still it is still, despite the fact that it it is not pretty, it's still very watchable. It's still a great movie and still mm-hmm. worth watching. Right. So, yeah. Um, and like yeah, like you said, the fact that they're toys makes them much less uncanny valley than some of the other stuff <laughs> very much yeah mm-hmm. all right thumbs up thumbs down for toy story <laughs> oh thumbs way up for yeah. sure yeah. oh yeah that's definitely. a good one yep you were a girl once maybe you can teach me how to you know how to behave yourself i'm not that bad i just need a few pointers to polish my style secret of nim indeed <laughs> courage of the heart is very rare the stone has a power when it's there we can no longer live as rats we know too much now this is the movie that I absolutely hated as a kid. It was so terrifying to me. <laughs> I just I couldn't I couldn't I could not handle watching it. Yeah. And I, I have not gone back to it. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the same boat there. Really? Yeah. Yep. So this one was on my list and I know it was on Ken's list, so Yeah. That yeah. is our one the one and only overlap. Yeah, cuz uh oh. cuz uh, it's one of one the one of the reasons I loved it is because it scared me so much as a kid. Oh, yeah, I forgot you're a horror movie person. Um, well, you know what? I d- wasn't a horror movie person until about five years ago. So, but I, I loved it because it was so beautiful, and and I thought it was such a great story. But um, Ken's got like lots of cool secret of Nim facts. Uh, I what squirreled away? That was the word I was I was looking for. So, um, Ken, why don't you uh, talk about why the secret of Nim is one of your favorite movies? Uh, well, I saw it in a the theater when I was seven, and it, I don't and you didn't think run it was... out screaming. <laughs> No, I think I uh, I was fascinated by it, and I I don't think it scared me much. I don't remember ever being scared by it. The the, the scenes with when they're injecting rats with needles, I think that's what gets most kids, and I I'm certainly probably probably was disturbed by that. But I had everything. I had like uh, the Secret of Nim storybook and the Secret of Nim graphic novel adaptation, and I had all these articles that I had collected about the making of the film and. Um, one of the little kids is actually um, actually Will Wheaton and mm-hmm. Shannon Doherty oh. are both yeah. voices in that film. Yep. What do you know? Uh, Baby as, Will as Wheaton is uh, Martin, the uh, yeah, older brother right. mouse, and Shannon Doherty is uh, the sister mouse, right? Okay. Was was yeah. okay. So th- this is the memory I think that I'm associating with the Secret of Nim. Okay. Is there's a lawnmower that's running, mm-hmm. and one of them always gets run over, and I just all I remember is that the lawnmower is running on this this like clear tank of gas or something and it looked like blood and i it it yeah horrified me oh yeah that's yeah. true yep that is that, that is, is definitely the, a thing that is the scene that made me want to stop watching the movie jason which scene <laughs> made you want to stop watching the movie honestly it's been so long i i barely i barely remember i just remember seeing it being creeped out by it in general and just ne- like again never going back to it <laughs> <laughs> the, the the one that scared me was the owl 
and and, yes. it, and it wasn't necessarily anything that the owl did. It was the owl's voice, like the Lee of the Stone. Why yes. have you come? Yes, yes. I do remember the owl. Mm-hmm. Like, I, but it's been many years. I rented it from. We rented it from VHS, like at our library or something. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, Ken, you um, you showed me once a. Uh, you gotten a hold of some really cool like promo material for the Secret of Nim. I remember thinking that was really bomb. Yeah, it's like a little uh, Secret of Nim press kit in this little like beat up kind of old folder, and it has all these like typewritten, yellowed paper um, like uh, just written descriptions of the actors in the film and the synopsis of the film, and it's just this really strange little press kit. I think it originally had some. Um, some stills and like some like lobby cards and stuff which are not no longer in there but yeah it's another little little piece of memorabilia that that i have yeah that is really so cool. what was uh was it originally a a book it, it is a book it's okay. called mrs frisbee and the rats of nam it is okay, so it... i'm like who thought this was okay to put into <laughs> film based on a book makes more sense well so it's actually quite different from the book. I sure. remember trying to read the book in middle school and being extremely disappointed that it wasn't anything like <laughs> this the isn't movie. This is scary at all. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I wasn't traumatized even a little bit. Uh, to, to be fair, I'm not even sure that I ever finished it. It's just because I was so disappointed. It was it was so different uh, from the film. But um, so this is a Don Bluth film. Uh, Don Bluth pitched this film originally to Disney, and Disney said no. It's way too scary. But then like. Almost immediately after that, started working on uh, the Black Cauldron, <laughs> which is the first Disney animated film to get a PG rating because it was so scary. Um, but uh, Don Bluth said, "Well, screw you!" And so he and some of the other animators at Disney left. So uh, they were called Don Bluth and the, and the uh, Disney Defectors. Um, <laughs> so um, Don Bluth then proceeded to make lots of movies that scared me a lot as a, as a child, and yet I kind of love all of them. And I and I thank him for it because like. I mean, not just, so I, you know, about mm, 10, 12 years ago, I worked as a teacher's assistant at an elementary school, and um, I pretty well steeped in children, children's literature from uh, my undergrad uh, work, and one of the things they talk about in children's literature is that um, it's healthy for children to experience things like grief and fear through um, children's uh, books because it is a safe way to encounter those emotions and to learn how to deal with them. Film is, you know, is, is very similar in that respect. And, and that was one of the things that I really learned how to deal with uh, watching Don Bluth's movies is that they all scared me, but at the same time, they were great stories, so I wanted to finish them. So that was why I, I really loved The Secret of Nim. I don't love All Dogs Go to Heaven as much, just because that one makes me ugly cry, and I don't watch things that make me ugly cry. Is that like the dog version of Watership Down? Um, I've never watched Watership Down because I think that would scare me even as an adult. <laughs> now, that's a movie that traumatized a lot of kids. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it's about bunnies. It's about bunnies. I know. They're dead. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that, that's one of the reasons I, I continually come back to The Secret of Nim. Uh, it's one of the ones I own on Laserdisc, Nathaniel. Um, <laughs> Laserdisc, Betamax, 8-track. <laughs> I don't own projector. Betamax, 8-track, or a slide projector. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. There's not going to be a yet on those. Oh, I know what I'm giving you for Christmas. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Next movie. I'm just going to be real impressed if you find any of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have little faith. All right. <clears throat> 
Break it down. Are you kidding me? This is hand-carved mahogany. Well, pal, I was dragged all over those hills, and I did not hear any singing. I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless little flea. Then I'll put that flea in a box. Then I'll put that box inside of another box. And I'll mail the box to myself. And when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Brilliant, I tell you. Genius, I say. Or to save on postage, I'll just poison him with this. Uh, I love that movie. I, th- I think. So the, which movie is it? I think that's I'm the Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, Emperor's New Groove. Okay, I've only actually seen that once, and it was last year. So. Now I must do my best Eartha kit, so I'm going to step back from my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn him into a flea. A harmless tiny little flea. Then I'll put that flea in a box. Then I'll put that box inside another box. Then I'll mail the box myself, and when it arrives, <laughs> I'll smash it with a hammer! <laughs> that was one of the last things she did before she passed. Man, Eartha Kitt oh, was an absolute yeah. gem. Oh, that's good. She was a great lady. Yes, but who, who picked Emperor's New Groove? Whose movie was that? Ooh, it could be any one like, of you. <laughs> I feel like it was it was yours or Greg's. Ah, but who's? So I can't it? narrow it down. Ah. I'm gonna say Greg. It was me. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh. Well, of course nice. I know it. It's me. All right, yes, it was me. So Emperor's New Groove is just one of the movies that the Levinsons have watched. Over and over and over and over again. There are a lot of movies that Abigail and Naomi, when they were young, I have two little sisters, Ken. Um, I have mm-hmm. a lot of siblings, but two of the, the two youngest are sisters. And when they were growing up, they would watch a movie over. You have a young child. I'm sure you've experienced this. They would watch the same movie over and over and over and over and over again. So a lot of movies can't go watch them again just because I've seen it so many times. The Amber's New Groove. I am always there for that movie. That movie is just so much fun. It's just yeah. absolutely silly, ridiculous, great soundtrack, great physical gags. Just, I mean, I even have to, I have it on my soundboard. Uh, By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's, so, it's just such a fun movie. Uh, it is. Through and through. Mm. I, just, I just love it. You know, the humor in that movie is just the perfect balance of so smart and so dumb, yeah. like yeah. all at the same time. It's, it's, it's exactly yeah. the kind of humor I like. It's like it, it really is what the old like get smart was. It's really smart humor and really dumb humor. The Leslie Nielsen stuff. It's really smart humor and really dumb humor, and it's just a perfect yeah. blend. Well, so I watched it for the very first time last year. Um, <laughs> uh, when I, we did Girl Movie Night, it was uh, Disney animated films, not princess. That was the theme. So we were watching Disney films that didn't involve princesses, and that was one of the winning films. But my big takeaway from that film is, like, I feel like I just watched an animated Mel Brooks movie because you have so many side gags. It's that same kind of humor. And, yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. That was a, it's, a, it's a fun film, and I knew half the lines. Like, I, I just don't know why I'd never seen it before. So great movie. Yeah. Great voice cast on that too. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah, everybody is perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, John Goodman makes every movie better just by being in it. True. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. he's True. fun. True, which is why it's so weird. He's one of those characters um, where whenever I see him playing a villain, like an evil person, I'm like, but that's John Goodman. Ooh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I think he does his best work when he's a villain. I he really like Tin. I really like Tin Cloverfield Lane. He's right. always he'll be always be Pacha in my heart and Sully. <laughs> See, yeah. in my head, he's Fred Flintstone. So oh, I forgot about that. Oh, Ooh. yeah. Oh, I think no. I repressed that memory. <laughs> I mean, that's not a particularly was... great film, but I still really enjoyed it as a kid. I think he was a villain in Chuck, too, for a little bit, wasn't he? Was he? Uh-huh. I, don't show? I don't remember. I don't think or Maybe he was I'm in misremembering. Chuck. I don't think he was yeah. in Chuck. I got to figure out what else. Oh, no. Speaking of Chuck, uh, while Greg and I were watching Terminator, we noticed uh, I noticed uh, Big Mike. Big Mike is in Terminator 2. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the <laughs> asylum guards. 
Nice. And I was like, that's Big Mike. And I looked it up. And it was. I was right. It's the first time my facial recognition software actually worked. Mm -hmm. All right. So, Ken, thumbs up, thumbs down for uh, Ember's New Groove. Oh, thumbs up. Totally. Yeah. I, oh. I, I need I need to watch that again. It's been a long time since I watched it. It's just so. such a fun... Oh, and, uh, and one thing that... Uh, it's um, the person who gets yeeted out the window who throws off the Emperor's Groove. Uh, it's the voice of Piglet. Like, the original voice of Piglet. Oh, uh, oh, really? yeah, oh you can, it's... You can hear it. Oh, shoot. Oh, the old man, yeah. yeah. the old man. You're like, oh my gosh, it's Piglet! Yes, I remember, like... I threw off his groove! <laughs> they were at the groove! <laughs> I remember um, reading that while we were watching. It's like, that was Piglet! <laughs> and getting very excited about it. Nobody else, like, thought that was as cool as I did. So, that's fine. Nice. We're a little team. Me as the teacher who can still do it. You as the student who can do it, just oh. not as good. Oh, yeah. I'm proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> And say, uh, say it. that that is um, into the Spider Verse. Indeed, whose yep. movie? That oh, is, yes, that is Jason's. Yep. I right, hear the two other quotes I had. Einstein said time was relative, right? Maybe I'm not late. Maybe you guys are early. And then of course, <laughs> wherever I go, the wind follows, and the wind smells of rain. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, is he in black I want to see a spinoff movie with just him, with just the, no, the, the, the film noir Spider Man. Yes. I mean, uh, I'd take a spinoff with, honestly, any of them. Yeah. 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 It would be so fun. Uh, all right, Jason, explain this. I mean, we, okay, you don't well, have to go way into depth because uh, you talked about this a lot in our boat episode. Okay, well, there's there's a, it's it's a little bit of a secret, but I'm very much into comics. And that movie <laughs> is a comic Wait, book. Wait, what? You never told just, us. Just come to life. And you can pause any scene in that movie and it just looks like a comic book panel. Um my favorite character, my favorite fictional character, also is Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, and uh, that movie just encapsulates exactly what that character is supposed to be. Introduces you to Miles, who I also love. Um, the art style is just fantastic. Again, it's like a comic come to life. It's They do so many interesting little things with all the different characters having different animation styles and Playing with Miles' frame rate, the further he gets through the movie, the more smooth his animation gets. Uh, there's just, I think every second of that movie has so much thought behind it, and you can really tell when you're watching it. Yeah, my big hot take with uh, Into the Spider-Verse is that it is the best superhero film ever made, period. <laughs> so It's up there. So let me, uh, yeah. yeah, let me set Ken up to talk about this animation real quick with some Spider-Man. Oh, is really Alright, so yeah, Ken, you want to talk about this animation? Because my understanding was that they, they did like a whole new pipeline thing for this. I didn't quite understand yeah. it. I, I don't know. It's it's one of those films I can't really intelligently talk as much about like how they did it, because I really don't know. Um, I It's essentially a 3D... From what I know, um, is that it's essentially, you know, it was all animated. It's a 3D animated film, but it feels like a 2D animated film because they actually hand drew a lot of effects um, over top of the 3D animation to kind of give it a different kind of a feel. And then they layered in that sort of, you know, uh, ink, comic book ink kind of style over top of things and made it kind of look like sort of the, the kind of double image kind of a thing and just, so they just added a lot of stylization to it to kind of give it the the look that it that it does uh -huh. but yeah on a, on a technical level i mean it works on every level it's it's not not only is the story fantastic you're right i mean every frame is innovative every frame has something 
almost like new happening all the time. Yeah, the um, that's I, I'm really glad that you all were talking about the animation style because I I was like I know this is like probably done with computers, but it looks hand drawn, and I really love that about it. Just, it had yeah. that classic kind of feel, like a, like you were reading a classic comic book, and I loved that. So that that's a that's really interesting. I did not know that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, it oh. re- it really is like a comic book coming to life mm-hmm. uh, that has only ever been matched by Angley's Hulk. Angley's Hulk is so great. <laughs> I love Angley's Hulk. I will defend that. Angley's Hulk the on one a that hill got, that literally got they got dumped into a black hole and forgotten about. <sighs> I haven't forgotten. But to be fair, Edward Norton's Hulk also did. <laughs> uh, Edward, I. Um... They're starting to reference it again, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think got Abomination in it, and I know. he's showing back up in uh, She-Hulk, I think, too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, we'll yeah, She-Hulk is. We'll see, we'll see. <clears throat> All right. Uh, before we go, move on. Yes, yes. Also, if you guys have not watched uh, the alternate universe mode version of that movie, no. what's that? they tell it from like a different story using their original storyboards. No. Um, no, it's, no uh, where where, it's where a, do you find that? Uh, it's on, like, if you have a digital copy, if you own the movie, it's a special feature. Okay. It's basically right. just a, there's a little introduction from the directors, and then it's a very similar story, but uh, you actually meet uh, Genki, his roommate, is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of learning about Spider-Man through comics, they, like, watch a Spider-Man-endorsed origin story movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's just all these great little uh, things, and it's... Again, this, the major beats are the same, but they had this alternate plot that they, I guess, did enough storyboards for. They felt like they could do it as a bonus feature, and it's pretty fun. That's, That's pretty cool. cool. I had no idea. Jeez. No, I didn't either. Well, in the eternal words of J. Jonah Jameson. Are you serious? Well, <laughs> let us move on. Godspeed, <laughs> Hold on. Did, did uh, Ken give us his rating on that Oh, one? yeah, Ken. Rating? Oh, yeah. Thumbs way up. Thumbs for that way one. up. All right. We're doing, we're doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good. Cool. <laughs> this, this is probably the hardest one. I put four quotes in here. Because I was struggling to find quotes that did not name characters that gave away what was happening. So so we'll, so we'll do our best. My actions don't require any defense. In the same situation, I do it again. With all that talk about unchecked power, you are so arrogant that you didn't bother to come up with a plan to stop yourself. This is my favorite one. I'm being uncharacteristically gentle with you, mainly because you're bleeding all over my nice clean floor. And then finally, hopefully, this is the one I picked that hopefully gives it away. I'm going to read this as an old man because it starts with 80,000 years ago. 80,000 years ago, I was living in what is now the island of Sumatra. One night, the sky lit up with streaks of fire, meteors. But my primitive mind thought the stars were falling from the sky. One meteor fell to earth in my valley. My compatriots ran, but it was very cold and the glowing storm was warm. I slept there, bathed in the meteor's strange radiations. And when I woke the next morning, I was forever changed. The radiation mutated me. Evolving me, I was instantly aware of my increased intelligence. It was only with the passage of time that I discovered the rest of my gift. So far as I know, I cannot die. That is not at all what the character sounds like, by the way. <laughs> oh man, I, I recognize the last quote, but I can't I can't remember what it's from. Yeah, Jason, same. Okay. Yeah, I am stumped here. So my that, my that, brain keeps going yeah. to a comic book character's origin. It is a comic book character's origin. <laughs> this is a comic book movie. That is Vandal Savage talking. Oh, okay. A movie, though. So the first, the first, the first quote is from Batman. My actions don't require any defense. In the same situation, I do it again. The third quote is from Alfred. I'm being uncharacteristically gentle with you, mainly because you're bleeding all over my nice clean floor. 
And the second quote was from someone else in associated with Batman. With all that talk, probably Superman. With all that talk about unchecked power, you are so arrogant you didn't bother to come up with a plan to stop yourself. Oh, okay. So this is uh, um, Justice League Doom. Yes. Correct? Yes. Oh. Yeah, it was really oh. hard to find any quotes that didn't reference Superman or Batman. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Okay. I feel like I've maybe I... seen that once. And apparently my so, brain thought so Jason, it was important as to our, retain as that our, last information. As apparently, as, as I'm just finding out today for the first time, you are a comics expert. Uh, how do yeah. you feel about Justice League Doom? I, I, I watched it, and it was good. But I, 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 I watched all of the... I, I went through like every single DC animated movie, and so it's kind of blurred a little bit. Well, I honestly... Um, I really enjoyed that movie. It's based on uh, it's all the good parts of a really great Justice League story called Tower of Babel. Um, but... It removes a lot of the excess and just kind of makes it into one fluid story. Basically, Batman's paranoia and kind of unchecked, keep or trying to keep all of his uh, compatriots in check. I love the ending of that movie. Um, but honestly, I was thinking about Justice League, the animated series the whole time. And I was oh, like, yeah, that yeah. can't be what he's referencing. Yeah. So, and I kind of, I has, think that movie similar, was actually... storyline happens in Justice League, right? That may have been one of the ones that was kind of a discarded... Justice League episode or a reworked Justice League episode that mm. they did. Maybe um, more. But, but yeah, it's it's a great movie. Yeah. I just so so I was I, thinking about uh, Vandal Savage episodes of the show, and I was like, <laughs> "We're doing movies." He said, "Movies." I so, know. I had Ashley, I struggled Ashley against can, that. Have you seen this one? I I don't think I have though. I I know that last line, and I don't know why. Yeah, so so the plot is that Batman has contingency plans to disable everyone in the Justice League in case they go rogue. And Vandal Savage gets a hold of those, oh, and so starts taking yeah. out the Justice League. Have you and seen Have you seen this one, Ken? I have not. No, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. Okay, one I haven't seen. Yeah, that, that, this one's definitely worth a watch. It's one of the better better DC animated movies, and those are generally pretty solid. So the, the the funniest one is the Flashpoint animated one is so good, and the animation style is so weird. <laughs> Everyone is just like extra chunky. It's bizarre. Well, and Doom was before like. I feel like the story stays pretty consistent in yeah. those movies, but the yeah. animation for a long time was just going downhill. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. I think they're doing a little better now. They kind of restarted and they're using a different animation style, but yeah. for a well, while there was rough. I will, that was, so that was one of Greg's. I will not ask you for your opinion since you have not watched it. But uh, based on the fact that it's DC, how do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone think to dredge the lake? No animal nor man can scream like I can with the fury of my recitations. The Nightmare Before Christmas. It is indeed the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I'm only an elected official here. Yeah, I can't make decisions by myself. <laughs> and then I had a really long quote from Jack Skellington, but I'll, well, I can read that one. Well, what the heck, I went and did my best. And by God, I really tasted something swell. And for a moment, why I even touched the sky, and at least I left some stories they can tell I did. So I'm going to assume that one's Kins, right? It is indeed. Ah, that is my number one. Hey. Favorite animated film of all time. It's a great movie. Yeah. I'm ashamed to say I have never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's good. It's a really good movie. <laughs> it's been on my list for years. Well, I, I guess what? We're, we are rapidly approaching Christmas, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is the perfect time to watch it, it because we're between uh-huh. Halloween and Christmas. And it's yep. a, it's a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I actually watched that for the first time in its entirety last year when they put it back in the theater. So, oh. it, 
I, so I, I don't know about y'all, but uh, my mother liked to ban things in non-research paranoias <laughs> when I was growing up. And that was one of the things that, that got banned because she decided it was somehow anti-Christmas. No, it's, it's, it's pro-Christmas. I know that. <laughs> but again, this is a non-researched paranoia. So that was one that got banned. So <laughs> I, I will say Nightmare Before Christmas, unlike Secret of Nim has some really like bizarre macabre stuff mm -hmm. but it's always more just like <laughs> that's gross more it, than like oh my god get away from me yeah, yeah it's, so it's all played he, for last skirted the line really really well of making this kind of really like you think about it really grisly stuff but it's all like oh yeah it's great i just like that all the vampires carry umbrellas when it's daytime <laughs> that made me laugh so hard <laughs> it's like that's such a like absurd detail and i love it all right ken explain yourself ah <laughs> uh, well yeah, I don't know. This movie just gets better with age. It's I saw it twice in the theater when it first came out. I was in my first year of college, and I was sort of it was one of the movies that kind of got me sort of leaning towards maybe I should actually be a stop motion animator. Mm. Um, and actually, I mean the the movie that really pushed me over the what really pushed me over the edge into that was was uh, the wrong. Wallace and Gromit, the wrong trousers. But... The trousers, Wallace, <laughs> they've gone That's wrong. That's fantastic. <laughs> yes, it's great. So seeing seeing Nightmare is sort of more or less in the same breath. I mean, I saw both mm -hmm. films came out around the same time. So I think it was sort of one of those movies that kind of woke something up in my brain. And the more I watch it, the more I love it. Um, the music is perfect. The music, even even when they're not singing, the musical, what what very few scenes of dialogue there are between the songs to kind of help bridge scenes together, even have a musical quality to them, and mm. everything, everything rhymes and everything has a rhythm, and um, the characters are wonderful, um, and the more you learn about how it was made, um, the more fantastic it becomes. There was mm -hmm. just hardly any digital effects in it at all. Um, they did all the effects basically in camera. Um, by just running the same strip of film through the camera many times. Hmm. This was before they had um, what in stop motion now they have um, like a lot of it's shot with these digital uh, frame grabbing softwares where you can actually play back every single frame and um, you can digitally, if you have a rig holding up your puppet, you can just digitally take it out of the scene later on because everything's filmed in a very different way um it was filmed essentially with these giant mitchell cameras completely on film and they had a frame grabber with a video assist that only let them see about maybe three or four frames they could only go back and see about four frames at a time hmm. while they were doing it and so when you think about how it was made it's just it's mind-boggling that there's just one of those moments where all the stars were aligned and they had such a great team probably the best stop motion animators on the planet mm -hmm. at that time just getting to work on I, i've interviewed several people who worked on the film and they all said that they knew while they were doing it in this rickety warehouse in san francisco that it was such a you know the sets were like held together with clamps and duct tape and stuff and these wooden platforms but they all knew they were working on something really special and they didn't know what it was but they just had this gut feeling that it was going to do something cool yeah, um so. it's, it's worth googling um set shots from like behind the scenes of that film um yeah i i don't think i fully grasped like 
the the amount of tedious painstaking work it took to to create that film until i saw those and it just blew my mind such yeah. it's such a, a labor of love yeah and just off camera they had all these little power tools and hand drills and you know like it looked like just like a like a tool shed <laughs> like yeah. just off camera mm -hmm. and then everything within the frame is what you see in the movie and it's so beautiful and you have you would have no idea yeah it's That's so a great good. movie to watch on Blu-ray because you can see all the textures of the puppets mm. really well. Mm. Very good. So, have you seen Kubo and the Two Strings? Uh, yes. So that was one that almost made my list because just watching that movie, like I, I thought the story was great, you know, played my heartstrings, but it just looks so good. I was like, this deserves mm -hmm. to be in a top spot, and I never heard anyone talk about it. Yeah, it kind of sort of came and went. It didn't really get a lot of press or marketing. Um, I liked the film up to a point. Mm. I thought that the ending was a little bit bizarre, but I, I loved it while I watched it up until I just think that the, it had a few story problems. But yeah, yeah definitely yeah. a gorgeous film to watch and to look at, Yeah, for sure. I yeah. think it came out about the same time that um, Coco did, and I, and mm. I think uh, Coco kind of overshadowed it. And they, yeah. They, yeah, there was enough, so. like... At least within the marketing, to me, I think there were enough similarities that people kind of conflated it. And the names were similar enough, too. Yeah. Yeah. Kubo. Kubo Coco. Coco. We, yeah. That was around the time Kubo. we had Movie Pass, uh, And I saw yep. the trailer for that movie, I think, a thousand times. <laughs> and I forgot to watch it when it came out. It's, it, I think it's really good. I don't... Now, this is a movie where I only watched a couple times, but I was just like, this movie deserves more praise than it got. Just from a technical standpoint. Um, mm -hmm. And I almost included it on my list, but I, I swapped it out for something else that's just much more near and dear to my heart. So I've watched Kubo maybe like three or four times. There's this other thing I've watched a million times. So, mm -hmm. all right. <clears throat> and this one might be easy. We'll see. My friends, we are about to embark on the most odious, the most evil, the most diabolical scheme of my illustrious career. A crime to top all crimes. A crime that will live in infamy. We are about to be horribly splattered, and all you can do is lie there feeling sorry. Blah, feeling sorry for yourself. I know you can save us, but if you've given up, then why don't we just set it off now and be done with it? It was the eve of our good queen's diamond jubilee, the year Her Majesty's government came to the very brink of disaster. You got any more of them quotes? <laughs> oh, you? Uh, mm, e, uh... No, uh, this this is another one where it was really hard to find quotes ah. that, uh, that didn't have character names in it. Well, I know what it is. I just wanted to see if these two guys can get it. <laughs> yeah, this is one I would not be able to get because I'm not super familiar. I've watched this movie like twice. Not coming to me at the moment. Yeah, same. Uh, it is a spoof of a very famous uh, very famous uh, storybook duo. And they're small animals instead of full-size people. <laughs> And it has a villain song, which involves drowning children and orphans. <laughs> and I'm like, how is this okay? <laughs> they're singing about how great the villain is, and they're praising him because he, uh, he's... They're like, oh, you're so great because of all the orphans and widows you've drowned. And this like, has to be one of Ashley's, but I still don't know what it is. It is. You're the best of the worst around. Oh, Radigan. Oh, Radigan. <laughs> you're oh. one of a kind to Radigan. To yep, red again, the, the world's yes. greatest criminal mind. Yeah, it, it is the Great Mouse Detective. 
So I so, loved that movie as a kid, but it has been years. That's another one I've seen, seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. So, Love so Nathan, you say you've only seen it a couple of times? I've only seen it once or twice. So mm-hmm. I actually, my first introduction to the Great Mouse Detective was House of Mouse on Disney Plus. Oh, for real? Disney Channel. Yeah, for real. Wow. Disney XD, maybe <laughs> might have been. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I was introduced to The Great Mouse Detective. One, uh, Disney had like a slew of movies in the 80s that weren't The Little Mermaid, just FYI. (laughs) Um, And they were, they're all very undersung and they're all pretty good. Mm -hmm. So The Great Mouse Detective is actually based on a series of books that aren't uh, (laughs) Sherlock Holmes. Uh, There is a series of storybooks uh, called Basil of Baker Street. I mean, Uh, it is based on Sherlock Holmes. Yes, yes, it is a spoof of Sherlock Holmes, but uh, it is based on a children's book series. Not just uh, Disney's right, like right. let's so let's do a, let's a, do Sherlock Holmes with spoof. mice. It was a book spoof that became a movie yeah. spoof. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, mm-hmm. I was introduced to this movie um, at my cousin's house. I was having uh, having a sleepover with her. We were maybe about six years old, and she had gotten a copy of The Great Mouse Detective on VHS. And I was like, oh, I've never seen that. And so uh, we had some Keebler soft ba- soft batch cookies and milk, and we watched The Great Mouse Detective. And you get to the uh, the part where you think uh, Basil's fallen off of uh, Big Ben, and I just cried and cried and cried. <laughs> um, I was like, "No, this movie is sad." And then he, then he's not dead, yay! And I was like, "Oh, this movie is so great." Um, and so I went home and um, would not stop talking about it. And so I got it for Christmas that year. Um, so I ended up that that was like one of the movies that I just watched on repeat as a kid my sister's was the little mermaid mine was the great mouse detective um this is i think this is where i kind of got my my itch for uh cosplay i already liked mystery stories but i really liked uh i just i love detectives and i I wanted to be a detective for a really long time as a kid um part of it was because of my love for the great mouse detective and another like a children's book i read growing up by Robert Quackenbush, and if anybody tells me this is actually a man and not a giant duck with a typewriter, I will, like, smack you. But Robert Quackenbush <laughs> wrote this book called Detective Mole, and I love Detective Mole. I checked out Detective Mole from the library, like, so many times as a kid. Um, anyway, so I already was, like, enamored with detective stories. We watched The Great Mouse Detective, and I was like, this is the best. Um, and, and, like, I remember watching, because this was, like, one of Vincent Price's last films. He was the, the villain, Radigan. Mm-hmm. And I, this was, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that he died and I was very upset. Like that was the first time I remember being like really upset over a celebrity death besides like Jim Henson. Mm. Um, so anyway, but uh, one of the reasons I loved the great mouse detective besides like mystery stories, I, I, I thought that Basil was just so cool. Like I loved, um, the, the chemistry set that he had, I thought that was really cool. I'm really bad at science. I've never owned a chemistry set. But it just looked cool. I, I thought that was cool. I would dress up as a... I, w- I would try to... Uh, I had, like, this outfit I pulled together out of things from my closet, and that was my detective outfit. Um, I had, like, these two identical baseball caps and I would put one on backwards and the other one on top on uh, like frontwards and that was my deer stalker hat um I had like a little magnifying glass I got from like a stamp collecting kit at a book fair and and then I had like this uh, raincoat that happened to be the same color as these two hats I would wear <laughs> and then, so this is my this is my um this is my detective outfit and I would wear that all the time all the time <laughs> Um, so, I mean, you know, that's, that's me like getting, uh, my, uh, my, uh, cosplay bug, but I don't know, I don't know what it was, uh, but 
you know, it's funny, you're reading off all these quotes, and I'm like, oh, yes, and then they say. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just a movie that stuck with me. Um, when I was in grad school, I actually took a Sherlock Holmes class, and my, my final paper was on different uh, film and television adaptations of Sherlock Holmes. It was called Data Downey and Disney. Uh, so mm -hmm. I looked at the uh, Sherlock Holmes episodes from Star Trek Next Gen, uh, The Great Mouse Detective, and the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock films, which I really enjoyed. Just because I feel like they all encapsulate different parts of the character. And so, like, if you want to introduce uh, a kid to, like, those kinds of stories, it's a great place to start. It's got great music. It's beautifully it's animated. Got smoking and drinking and killing widows and orphans. Dude, you know what? I was, I, I've been obsessed with pipe smoking since I was a little kid. Now uh, I smoke now a pipe occasionally. Know. So now we know. Now we know. So, but anyway, uh, Great Mouse Detective. of the Innocence. <laughs> yes, it's got nice. smoking and drinking, and uh... it, it was funny to watch it and be and just like, wow, movies from the eighties just did not care what they showed. No, kids. <laughs> no, they did not, and yeah. it was wonderful. <laughs> Bring it back. I'm surprised that one made it through a few viewings in your house. You know, <laughs> or mine. You know, my mom up. liked mystery stories, so it was okay. Because it, again, <laughs> if my mother liked it, it was it didn't matter if it was. Otherwise, would have had objectional object object that words are hard. Bad uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so th those are a few reasons why, like the Great Mouse Detective, uh, stuck with me. But anyway, when I was writing that paper, that was the first time I'd watched the movie in maybe fifteen years, and somehow all of those lines still in my brain. I could still rattle off the entire movie. So Ken, what's the verdict? Yes, oh, Jason, did you have something we want to jump in? Oh, I would give that a thumbs up for for sure. It's definitely one of those unsung Disney films that, you know, you don't see characters from that movie in the theme parks or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's just one of the movies that it's kind of like Lilo and Stitch. It was just one of those movies that they just made and they weren't really concerned about anything other than just getting it done and making making a good movie. There wasn't any sort of, you know, pressure on the executive side at the time and disney was in a really weird place at that time um as a company so it's sort of one of those things that kind of started as a preamble to their golden age from the late 80s and 90s that would come later on it was one of the one of the movies where they got their groove back mm -hmm. yeah getting their groove onto the radigan song <laughs> yeah totally no, that's a good one well and the uh the let me be good to you song i like i remember thinking oh that's that's a catchy song and then i listened to it as like whoa that's a kind of a racy song <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't see the, the let me be good and then the eyebrows just go Brrr. i'll do that one at karaoke next time i will not be doing any of the dancing though so you're welcome <laughs> I, I wouldn't know what the dancing is again I've seen oh. the movie like once ryan um, can do the dancing for oh you. that would be even <laughs> better be, oh that would be great okay we're gonna do that Thomas Family uh, Karaoke. Here we go. All right, here we go. What was it you said? Any moron can run a plate? Gosh, if only there were a moron around who were up to the task. <laughs> what is your problem? Does seeing me fail somehow make you better about your sad, miserable life? Life isn't some cartoon musical where you sing a little song and all your insipid dreams magically come true. So let it go. That, I believe that is your movie. It is. Correct. It and is. that would be Zootopia? It is. And then final quote, it's called A Hustle, Sweetheart. I it's familiar. am absolutely in love with that movie. This was, this was one, every now and then I will go, and I'm not, I don't want to wax too much about this because I talked about this in a boat episode. Every now and then I will go to a movie 
and sit down and just be blown away. And obviously, you know, I saw the trailers for Zootopia. Disney was on a hot streak, right? Like, Tangled was great. Frozen was great. They're just doing good stuff. They're doing good work. So Zootopia comes out, and I'm like, okay, yeah, it's like an Animal Cop movie. Sure, whatever. It'll be it'll be fun. Sit down and just like, that movie was just excellent. Just all of it was so good. The characters, the delivery, the plot, like the actual really good talking about social issues in a way that's that makes you think but doesn't hit you over the head with it mm-hmm. just all of it was just so good i love the movie it jumped into my top five instantly i love that movie so much it's just ah uh, every bit of it is just there's not a part of the movie i don't like i i've only seen zootopia once and i really should watch it more because uh i went to a con a few years ago and i was dressed as a uh, gwendolyn christie's character from kind of a slightly obscure TV show called uh, Top of the Lake China Girl. Uh, her character is a uh, rookie cop. And uh, obviously, I'm a foot shorter than Gwendolyn Christie. It may not be obvious to those listening to the podcast, but I'm a foot shorter than no, Gwendolyn you, Christie. Uh, you sound like you're about uh, yeah. what, five foot. <laughs> five foot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I had two different people at this convention ask me if I was Judy Hopps. <laughs> and I'm like, am I wearing bunny ears? No. Am I wearing it? Do I have a floofy tail? No. But I'm all like, well, I guess if I got those things, I can recycle this costume into Judy Hopps costume. Yeah. Uh, nice. But, but yeah, this is like, and I, I, as I'm looking through the lines, I'm just like laughing to myself as it's a, it's time we address the elephant in the room. Francine, happy birthday. Just like little, <laughs> little things like that. And the whole Godfather Vol scene is just yes. so hysterically funny. Uh, it's just every bit of it, and then like after they're they're at the wedding cake and they're eating the little tiramisu's, it's just every bit about it is just so <laughs> much fun. I love the movie yeah. so much. So, I had only seen it once, and then you talked about it on the boat episode, and I went back and watched it. It was a couple months ago, and I really enjoyed it the second time. Um, I think it. I think it may end up being one of those that the more you watch it, the more you catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely there's there's a lot of fine detail, mm-hmm. and just the, yeah. the, <laughs> the the first night when she has a read and job, she goes home, gets called by her parents. Wait, that vest that means she's a meter man. Yes, she's not a real cop. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sloths at the DMV. That was like, and that, oh like, yeah, and that was a part that One like of the funniest scenes. And that was a part was like, oh, <laughs> it was ruined by the trailer. And then no, that scene is still hilarious every single time. It's yeah. so good. I know. I, I really want because people who going. work. <laughs> I really want people who work in the DMV to please dress as sloths on <laughs> Halloween next yeah. year. I'm gonna put in my formal request. <laughs> All right, Ken. Verdict on Zootopia. Oh, I, I, I'll give you a thumbs up on that one. It's, uh, I, I remember it, my comments coming out of that movie when I saw it in the theater was that, like, I basically, I ask essentially three, three main things from a film when I see it. You know, one is surprise me. Two is give me, you know, like a story and characters that I actually care about. And three, make me feel better coming out of the movie than I did when, before it started. Mm-hmm. And that... That movie delivered on all three points. Mm-hmm. I think that is the perfect way to sum that up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Good. Good. Good choice. Great movie. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of fond of you, kid. Not that I want to pick out curtains or anything. Look at this. I'm so ticked off that I'm molting. Here's the gimme. Trouble? No way. You're only in trouble if you get caught. Aladdin. 
Gotcha. Ah, I'm in trouble. <laughs> or shall we say Laddie? <laughs> or maybe it's Din. <laughs> maybe just Din. Yes. Yeah, maybe just Din. Can I call you Al? Uh, Ethan, my brother, one of my brothers and I, we will still say this when we, when we start losing a game. I'm just like, I can't believe it. I'm losing to a rug. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Jason, this was your movie. Yes. So, talk to us about it. I mean, I, I'm on board. I think this is a fantastic movie. Well, I mean, it was just one that uh, I fell in love with growing up. Um, it was one of the few Disney movies that we owned or rented that was not a princess movie. So that just automatically, as a small child, put it a little higher. I mean, there's a princess in it, but it's not necessarily about her. And then the more I go back and rewatch it, the more I just find things that make me laugh. I mean, Robin Williams' performance is oh, yeah. hysterical. Uh, the amount of leeway that they gave him, redrawing and reanimating scenes to make that movie, uh, every bit of it paid off. The music's fantastic. I think A Whole New World is one of the best songs. I mean, Greg and I only do it every time we do karaoke. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously you elevate it, so, you know. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course. Um, For some reason, I'm always Jasmine. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I just enjoy it. It's a good story. Very funny. Uh, I love Jafar as a villain. I am never against rewatching Aladdin. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, and what's funny is the sequels are like surprisingly decent, although the animation's much, much worse. But the sequel's uh-huh. like not bad. I remember enjoying the sequels, though. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've only seen King of Thieves once, and I'm pretty sure that was when I caught it on the Disney Channel, and I was in high school, and I'm like, why is Aladdin's dad Scottish? Oh, it's because he's Gimli. <laughs> that threw me off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, another another uh, line from Aladdin that, that makes its way into the Levinson household very, very frequently, when Jafar is saying, the princess will marry me, the princess will marry but you're so old. <laughs> <laughs> that gets said a lot in the Levinson household. Nice. <laughs> so Ken, Aladdin, OG Aladdin, not the garbage uh, remake, full, or however you call oh, it. Oh no! See, I love the live action remake. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> Actually, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. after we're done with this, I am going to ask you a question about that. But we'll save that. Okay. For, for yeah, I have a question too. That's along the same lines. All right. So, but we'll hold that for the end. So, original Aladdin. Yeah, you know, I I love the movie by itself. I loved it when it came out. I was very much so I sort of have two I have two minds about that film because as a film itself, I absolutely love it and I think it's one of Robin Williams' best performances. It's it's one of the ones where he he's actually, you know, like he gets to actually be Robin Williams and mm-hmm. and yet he's not Robin Williams. And so there's a lot of his roles. It's sort of like, he's just kind of being Robin Williams and you don't really believe his character quite as much, but in that one you do. The only thing about it that kind of grinds my teeth is, is something that, you know, most people outside of the animation world don't know about. And there was a film by Richard Williams called the thief and the cobbler, which, oh my gosh. Um, which yeah. was in production for 30 years. And it was a film that he never really got to finish. And unfortunately, around the time that that film was being destroyed and dismantled by studio whatnot, and that's a whole another story, a very long and sad story, a lot of the sort of character designs and ideas that are actually in that movie are sort of pretty much ripped off from Thief and the Cobbler. And Thief and the Cobbler was released 
later on as a really terrible butchered version of it called Arabian Night, which people dismissed because they thought that it was a ripoff of Aladdin, when in fact Aladdin, in a lot of ways, was actually a ripoff of Thief and the Cobbler, not as much in its story and obviously not in its music because the music is, is much better. But so my, my love for the Thief and the Cobbler and my sadness over what happened to that film makes me a little bit have a few issues with Aladdin as a piece of art in itself in that sense. But if you, outside of that, it is still a very entertaining and, and endearing movie by itself. So didn't, and, and I, I, I saw the, the bits and pieces of Thief and the Cobbler, um, and it, the, the parts that were finished look absolutely gorgeous. Didn't he draw like twice as many frames as was normal? Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. it looks almost like like 3d animation it it's insane it's absolutely inhuman and insane some of the animation that was supposed to be in that film and if you ever see the actual like the work print or the uh sort of the unofficial uh director's cut of it there was tons of beautiful stuff that was even cut out of the film yeah um yeah yeah that yeah that's like one of the most tragic stories in animation (laughs) It's very tragic, yes. Well, and it wouldn't be the last time Disney did that either. Yeah. I mean, you, you can draw comparisons between The Lion King and Kimba the White Lion, which... Well, um, yes. Yeah. They so. even yeah. ripped off their own animations, yeah. too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw, I saw, yeah, the, the, I've seen those the comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. All right, <laughs> three more movies. All right. Well, forgive me for not leaping for joy. Bad back, you know. Didn't your mother ever tell you not to play with your food? This is the Lion King. It is the Lion King. And here's the gimme. What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the hula? It is indeed. All right. So that was Greg's. So It's a great movie. I had a very deep and abiding Lion King obsession for a long time as a kid. Mm-hmm. Partially uh, because, one, I really enjoyed the movie. Two, um, ten, nine and ten-year-old Ashley had a crush on Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So JTT would, JTT would watch The Lion King because JTT was Simba for the first half of the movie. Hmm. That was one where the the, the live-action remake was so bizarre to me because I'm like, but it's just animated. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't understand. It's yeah. not live-action if you uh, have to animate literally, it. <laughs> literally, literally. You give the horde. I don't think it means what you think it means. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> we're not going to get started on that, yeah. but we're going to stick with original animated Lion King. It's a fun one. It's a fun one. The colors, yeah. the music, mm-hmm. the, and, and, and this was the, the real thing that, that perplexed me about why would you do the live action remake is all the animals are so expressive. Animals don't make facial expressions like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, the freaking Be Prepared, it's just one of the, maybe the best villain song of all time. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's up yeah. there. Well, I think I cut out, but they also didn't know what the word tonight means. Because <laughs> um, yeah, that whole true. song is during the day in the live at, or the, yeah. the remake. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's one of, it's either in, in the Arctic Circle part of the of the of, of uh, the safari in Africa where it's always daylight. <laughs> pink pajamas, penguins on the bottom. <laughs> also another another surprisingly not horrible sequel not fantastic but simba's pride not Sim- bad simba's pride is not bad no i've seen that before i've said this before but the live action remake of the lion king was actually called black panther <laughs> <laughs> story. Hey. 
why do they have a whole sequence in the remake of them like of a, a piece of crap traveling around the world like I mean, literally it's that that to this day just uh, i don't understand that wasn't one of your dreams as an animator to <laughs> animate a rolling turd you know i worked on some crappy stuff but uh, a long time ago but you didn't have to animate literal, literal crap no <laughs> i have yet to do that maybe Maybe that uh, that scene, or somebody saw that scene, and that's where that weird line from Venom came from. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. <sighs> but either way, pure garbage. I think, uh, I think I'll let Captain Holt have the final word on that. Um, but yeah, Lion King. I mean, it's it's a classic, right? I mean, it it's just really good. Really, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's it's Hamlet with lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny story about the Lion King. It was my sister-in-law's favorite movie growing up. And at one point, I think when she was a teenager or a young adult, she watched it and she was like, oh, my word, Mufasa dies. (laughs) (laughs) I remember attempting to hide my tears because tough girl, nine-year-old Ashley cannot cry in a movie with her mother. pretty traumatizing. (laughs) (laughs) But she'd seen it like a thousand times. She'd just walk out of the room? She'd walk out of the room for that to sink in. Yeah. So, ignoring the live-action remake, Ken, verdict on Lion King. Oh, I'll, I'll give that a thumbs up any day of the week. I loved that movie when it came out, and I still love it. It definitely holds up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. But just to touch really briefly on, on Simba's Pride, Simba's Pride also had some songs. There was the love song, which was in Upendies, which I I, I, I don't know. They made up, it either made up a word or it was, it was like a, a Zulu word or something like that. But uh, my sister convinced me that it was down in your panties. And we're like, this song is filthy! (laughs) Where the passion fruit grows sweet. Um, And then, of course, when they they exile, when they exile, his name's not Cusco. What's his name? Um, Oh, shoot. I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Zazu? No, no, no. Uh, When they exile Scar's sons. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot they exile song. him, and the song they play is Deception! Kovu? Kovu. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that, okay. that, that song is great. Like, he is not one of us! And that's another line that gets thrown around with Lens and Family a lot when we kick people out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alright, two more. Uh, any, any, anyone else? Final thoughts on Lion King? Two more. I wouldn't kill him because he looked as frightened as I was. I looked at him and I saw myself. We're leaving. Let's pack up. Looks like you and me are taking a little vacation. Forever. Excuse me, barmaid. I'm afraid you brought me the wrong offspring. I ordered an extra large boy with beefy arms, extra gluts, and glory on the side. This here, this is a talking fishbone. I, I recognize these lines, but I cannot remember why I know them or yeah, what movie it's from. Familiar. Jason? Was that? Okay. I was just making sure you didn't have any more. That are, those are from How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, okay, that is why. Uh, okay, yep. that's why. Yep. Yeah, great, great movie. That's a yeah. That that, um, that was another one where I was like, wow, all the movies in the trilogy were excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a that was a Jason movie. That was a Jason movie. Tell us about ah. How to Train Your Dragon, Jason. Uh, Jason, did we lose you? Well, that's mm-hmm. a bummer. Oh no! <laughs> we did How to Train Your Dragon. Well. Well, we'll uh, wait for Jason to jump in. But Ken, thoughts on How to Train Dragon? Oh, thumbs up! Totally love that movie. It was DreamWorks, right? Or was it? It was that. Hey, that it was, was DreamWorks, yes. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, Shrek is fine, 
But I always thought, uh, you, you know, it, you know, Shrek One was all right. Shrek Two, I think, is better. And then whatever happened after that. But you know, I always thought DreamWorks <laughs> was kind of like they'll never be as good as Pixar. And then they put out How to Train Your Dragon. And I was like, okay, I see. Wait, no, wait. Was How to Train Your Dragon DreamWorks, or is How to Train Your Dragon the weird Blue Sky one? Uh, I'm, I feel fairly confident that it was because I know Kung Fu Panda was DreamWorks. Okay, I'm gonna go look. Yeah, that's DreamWorks as well. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon is probably the only 3D DreamWorks film that I would say that I absolutely adore. Yeah. I'm not a Shrek yeah. fan. Um, I'm not so much of a Kung Fu Panda fan. But yeah, that is one that is one that I would definitely uh, definitely uh, say is, is a fantastic movie on all levels. Mm-hmm. Hello again? Hey, he's back. Hey, there he is. It was strange. I could hear you, but you guys couldn't hear anything I was saying. Oh, oh. Yeah. no. That happens. Well, um, but... I, I don't know if you heard. Ken said uh, it's the worst movie he's ever seen. Um, <laughs> how dare you show your face around here again? Uh... <laughs> Sounds about right. Um, no, but uh, I I just really enjoyed that film. I mean, it has one of the one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Um, yeah. The music in that is just beautiful. Um, that was the movie that convinced me that DreamWorks could make. Yep. Like Disney level movies. We were we literally just said um, that before you bought back yeah. on. <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Panda was good as well, but How to Train Your Dragon is, I think, the best yeah. stuff they've ever done. Well, the, the, to me, the interesting juxtaposition between Kung Fu Panda and How to Train Your Dragon. Obviously, How to Train Your Dragon just has a better story, has better characters, has more poignant moments. I think the mirroring of of Toothless's injury with with uh, Hiccup Hiccup's injury is just. Absolutely brilliant, and the fact that there's actual stakes and something was lost and he can't ever get it back, I thought was mm-hmm. fantastic. I thought Kung Fu Panda One, like it's a really fun movie. Obviously, it's way goofier, but I thought it was really fun. But then you look at How to Train Your Dragon Two and How to Train Your, Train Your Dragon Three, and the stakes change, and people are growing and learning, and they're still, you know, doing their character arcs. And Kung Fu Panda Two is exactly the same as Kung Fu Panda One, and Kung Fu Panda Three is exactly the same as Kung Fu Panda Two. They made three. <laughs> like they made, yeah, there are three Kung Fu Pandas, and they're all fun. Like none of them are bad movies, mm-hmm. and three mm-hmm. in particular has some really, really gorgeous animation. I mean, really gorgeous. Um, mm. With this like whole spirit roll thing, uh, it, like I was like, wow, it's a really pretty movie. But there's absolutely no evolution in the characters. The plots essentially identical. Um, from one to two to three, so it's like pick one and watch that one, and you've watched all of them. Um, uh-huh. Whereas How to Train Your Dragon, all three movies are distinct, kind of like Toy Story. They're all doing different things, and they're all wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And there's one where the the movies, especially the character, the main characters, everything kind of age with the audience as they made it. Mm. Um, but uh, one of the things that endeared it to me is just Hiccup's sarcastic wit throughout the whole movie. I just love that kind of humor. And, uh, yeah, the the soundtrack for that and then the animation in the first one was really good. I mean, it gets better with each movie, but even you go back and watch it now. If you go back, I think it's the scene where he's about to kill. He's trapped toothless. He's about to kill him. They do, like, a close-up on his eye. Like, the iris is so detailed. You can see, like, the reflection of the forest in there. They just put so many details into that movie. They didn't have to. Uh, the lighting was beautiful because they... I'm trying to remember who they brought in. They brought in a consultant who worked on normal films. I, was, I thought and, you were going to uh, say who worked with dragons. <laughs> no, it was, it was, uh, uh, it was they, they couldn't find any of those. <laughs> it was Lightbulb McGee, the famous lighting expert. Nice, yeah. but yeah, it's just a again a really beautiful movie, mm-hmm. and I don't think they wasted a second of their screen time. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Well, and I, th- I think one of the things I appreciated about it was that uh, they actually 
the the anim, uh, like the chief animator watched his cat um and mm-hmm. animated mm-hmm. his cat and that was like that became the movements of the dragons and that you know yeah. not knowing that going in I'm watching this movie and I'm like this looks like Luna it's my my black cat <laughs> and uh, I just thought that was hilarious and wonderful and just really endeared all the dragons to me because I love cats. <laughs> well, Toothless is like all the best characteristics of a cat and a dog just kind of wrapped into a scaly yeah. cat. Oh, for sure. For I sure. was just going to say that. He's kind of got he's got dog kind of movements and then he's got cat kind of movements, mm-hmm. but he's all dragon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, you could, I could say that about one of my cats too. So <laughs> Oliver is all dragon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got one last movie. All now, right. this one, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just do it, and then I'll explain why it's on this list. Okay. Did somebody call for an expedition expert? I'm not in the book, but I'm at your service. So the first two quotes, I, I tried to pick really difficult ones, and the third one is, should be a dead giveaway. This is just a mild spring zephyr compared to the big wind of 67. Or was it 76? Oh, well, no matter. I remember the big blow well. Anyone have any ideas? Is this Winnie the Pooh? It is indeed Winnie the Pooh. Uh, that buzzing uh, no- uh, noise means something. Now, the only reason right. for making a buzzing noise is if you are a bee. And the only reason for being a bee is to make honey. And the only reason for making honey is so I can eat it. <laughs> that is, now, so I cheated a little bit because those technically came out as separate episodes, but they were combined into one long anthology. Thing. I was just going to say, so that yeah. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Right. And it is just, uh-huh. so I grew up on Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even the new adventures, which get a little sillier, I, I, I love those. I do too. Um, mm-hmm. But man, those first three shorts are just my some of my favorite children's stuff. And I look at I you know I have friends with small children, and I look at what their kids are watching. And I'm like this. I'm just like pure garbage. Like how? Just just let them watch <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Like that stuff hasn't gone anywhere. The, Winnie the Pooh is better than whatever the schlock you're, you're giving you're giving kids is. Like young Einstein's, yeah. get out of here with that garbage. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, just he he's just such an adorable character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just every part of it, the singing, the the fact that they know that they're in the book and they're doing the narration and and. Uh, it's it's just so good. Like Tigger's stuck at the top of the tree, and so they turn the book, and he slides down the words. <laughs> I just, I love it. The the rain song, the Bluster Day song, just every bit of it. Heffalumps and Woozles. It's just Heffalumps and Woozles is on my Halloween yeah, playlist. It's, it's just nice. It's just pure. It, it really just captures the essence of like a child's imagination and the joy of of that. And yeah, there's some scary stuff, and there's some you know stuff that gives you anxiety and things like that. But but in the end, everything's okay. It's just, mm. ah, I just, I, you know, just the whole thing. I could watch it forever. I love it. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Winnie the Pooh was um, my sister's favorite. Yeah. She, um, to this day, still has her Pooh Bear, who has, uh, Pooh Bear has seen better days. <laughs> but um, but that that was her jam, was Winnie the Pooh and the Little Mermaid. Um, and so I, cause I can remember the first time. It was the second time I went to Disney World, but I was, you know, I was like a toddler the first time I went. So I don't remember any of it. But the second time we went to Disney World, that was my sister's first visit. And we walked all over Magic Kingdom that day trying to find Winnie the Pooh. We finally found him right at the end of the day. And she was the happiest little kid on the planet because she finally got to meet Pooh Bear. Um, but, but we watched a ton of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, the the Levinson household was a Winnie the Pooh family. We even mm-hmm. na- everyone was a character. 
So Pop was Owl because he was old and wise. Mom was Kanga, obviously. Because she's the mama. Yeah, she's the mama. <laughs> Hannah was Rabbit. I was Tigger. Ethan was Pooh. And then, of course, when Naomi Naomi was when she was young and adorable and not a not an angsty teenager, <laughs> I love you, Naomi. Uh, <laughs> uh, she was she was rude because she was always with me, mm-hmm. and and uh, it was just yeah we 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 were a Winnie the Pooh family, dang it! But I, but I distinctly remember who was Eeyore? The first uh, I think it was Micah or Joel. I don't remember. It kind of broke down towards <laughs> the end. But I was literally and then I was too young to remember this. But I would literally like jump around. Like, I would get around by bouncing. This They're is like, surprising yeah, you are to actually no one. Tigger. You are actually Tigger. <laughs> Tigger was always um, my favorite as well. <laughs> but, but so I, I distinctly remember, I was like I was like five or six, I don't remember, when the first Winnie the Pooh movie came out, mm-hmm. uh, Pooh's Grand Adventure. And mm-hmm. we still quote that one, like, S-C-H-O-O-L, Skull. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, but but the whole point of that movie is that Christopher Robin is having to go to school, and he's like, "Yeah, Pooh, we're not going to be together forever because I have to grow up." And Pooh's like, "Just doesn't get it. Like, no, we're going to be together forever." And Christopher Robin's like, "Forever's a long time." And Pooh's like, "It's not a long time when I'm with you." And me understanding that, oh, Christopher Robin's going to grow up and give up, like leave Pooh Bear. Just I was I literally on that patio over there. Ashley, you can look out there. Mm-hmm. I was pacing around that patio, weeping like. No, it doesn't have to end like this. I was so, I was like angry crying because I was like, you can't abandon Pooh like this. I had a Robin similar reaction. Monster. So yes, I I get it. <laughs> it's, it's okay, guys. They made Christopher Robin and that's the closest thing to a live action remake that I've actually <laughs> That's enjoyed. a really fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's my, that's the final movie. That one's mine. Many Adventures of Winnie Pooh. I just... It's so near and dear to my heart, and I still think it holds up just as, just as fun and charming to watch. Trespassers will. It was short for Trespassers William. <laughs> Ken, what are your uh... thoughts on uh, Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it uh, thumbs up, absolutely. Um, that's sort of one of my that one is that's one of my favorite films from the sort of the Xerox era of Disney. Um, the '60s and '70s is probably one of my favorite eras of Disney movies for the fact that the the films that were made at that time were not necessarily as strong story-wise as when you compare them to like the golden age ones from the 40s but they're so much stronger character-wise because the animators at that time like um you know Robin Hood is another great example not a lot of plot in Robin Hood but the characters are so much fun Uh uh-huh yeah, so you know, I that, think that the, the animators on my list. Were, I thought yeah, that no, that's I know that one by heart. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's great. So it's right up there from that sort of that whole era of Disney when they were doing really great, really great characters and really great moments between characters, even if the stories were a lot simpler and less epic, which I think is kind of part of their charm mm-hmm. from that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say Robin Hood's got got a banger soundtrack. Oh yeah, that. Oh, totally. Roger Miller for the win. So yeah. All right. Well, we will wrap up by asking Ken one final question. So we did pretty good. We did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Decent yeah. taste. All right. So we will ask Ken one final question. Uh-oh. What's up with all these live action remakes of, of cartoons? Have there been any good ones? I, I don't know. The almighty dollar. And just the lack of creativity and, and t- 
taking of risks. I could I couldn't tell you. I don't really know why they're doing it. So other ha- than have there been any that you were like, okay, that one was fine. Ah, uh, gosh. Oh, I'd have to think about that. Mm. Nathaniel, can you define remake a little bit? Because there have been a lot of live action. Live action li- Aladdin, live action okay. Sleeping Beauty, okay. live action Inspector Gadget. Um, Beauty and the Beast. That one was not very good. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was okay in the sense that I think because the music is so damn good. Mm-hmm. I kind of looked at it, I tried to look at it in the sense that, okay, because I've seen Beauty and the Beast as a stage play. Like, I've seen it on stage, and it's basically the same story, the same songs, and the songs are so damn good that it's just like, it almost makes it forgivable. It's an ugly film in terms of its design, (laughs) you know, and Emma Watson is nice to look at, but she's not necessarily as animated as, you know, like, the auto-tuned of her singing voice is a bit too obvious. But that being said, you know, I just kind of sort of looked at it as, okay, well, it's kind of like I'm watching a stage version of the story. So I can kind of give it a pass just for being able to see that. But at the same time, it's just kind of like, why bother? You know? I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and so, so my, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is why do people keep paying money for it? Like you, you have access to the animated good version of it. Why would you pay money to go see a, a almost guaranteed to be inferior version because you have limitations with physical bodies that don't exist in cartoons? And I've already forgotten Except about for some of them. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I, I had to remind myself there that there was a Beauty and the Beast one there. Yeah, they did mm-hmm. Beauty and the yeah. Beast, they did Aladdin, they did um, Mulan. Ugh. Jungle Book Jungle was Book. one. Well, oh, I didn't were, like Jungle Book. I see. I liked yeah. Jungle Book, but there, there, there were two versions that came out approximately the same time, and I've only seen one of them. Well, Jungle Book, the Jungle Book itself is public domain, right? So, but there was a Disney remake right. of the Jungle Book Disney film, right? Right. And then there was so, Mowgli. I think was it what came out. Yeah, yeah. As it's well, really Thank good God. adaptation of Jungle Book, uh, 1994 version with. Um, uh, Isn't that one just called George of the Jungle? No, <laughs> no, it's called it's called the Jungle Book, and um, still kind of holds up. Uh, that was actually uh, Lena Headey's first uh, big role. Um, Lena Headey played Cersei Lannister on Game of Thrones. You um, always bring up Game of Thrones actors, and I'm just like, who? Yeah, I didn't. I never watched Game of Thrones. I couldn't get into it. Uh, well, you, then you were not disappointed. Jason Scott Lee was no, Mowgli. Uh, and then uh, Carrie Elwes was uh, was oh, the villain, uh, which was really was, fun. Uh, and then uh, uh, no, he was um, he was like a poacher or oh. somebody. And then uh, Sam Neill was in it as well, and John Cleese. Mm. So yeah, uh, that one's definitely worth checking out. Um, I don't uh, I don't know yeah, that, but... that Disney was particularly involved in, but that's a very good at uh, like. I don't even know that you would call it an adaptation because I've never read the book, so yeah, I don't know how that fares. Yeah, but adaptation, soft reboot, something like that. Something like but, it. But, it was very yeah. fun. But most of the Disney ones have been more or less shot-for-shot remakes, which Mulan actually deviated from the story, like was not shot-for-shot, and made it worse in almost every single way. It was like, <laughs> what? It wasn't, a, it wasn't a girl who was just trying to help her family and overcame her own weaknesses to become this, to become this soldier. Uh, no, she was magic. She's magic. Yeah, She's just magic. So they gave her superpowers oh, and they took magic. away Mushu. Yeah, it's bad. Well, I didn't see that. Oh, it's bad. I didn't see yeah, that either. She's got, she's got the chi or whatever. Oh. And no music. It's not, no and songs. No, well, and they, but no, they did, they did it in the worst possible way. They had the musical stings to remind you of the better movie that you could be watching instead. And I was like, <laughs> why would you do that? This is just Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but worse. 
Oh. <laughs> well, that's very disappointing. I, it made me so sad. I, I loathe that movie. Not because I think it's just... It's not an awful movie by itself. Like, if you take it as it, by itself, it's not awful. It's fine. It's run-of-the-mill. It's mediocre. But for what it represents and what it does to the, to the old Mulan, it is disgusting. It is an abomination. It has no right to exist. That's my final word on that. <laughs> I don't think Nathaniel has strong opinions about that at all. So, yeah. what what is y'all's hung up with uh, with New Aladdin? Because I love the New Aladdin. I didn't watch it. I'm just against. I refuse to watch okay. any of them. I, after after Mulan, I can't watch any of them. <laughs> Ken, Jason, my, thoughts on those? It's the same hang up I have with all of them, except uh, a little a little stronger. Is just the original is so much better. <laughs> um, and you know, Will Smith. He's fine. He does an okay job, but he's he's no Robin Williams, and he's not animated. Well, and I think so he, he he's can't. not trying to be Robin Williams, and I I actually appreciated that. I what I liked about that one is they actually tried to do something different um, with the story, and I'm okay with that. Um, I really loved the music, and I really liked the cast. Like I think honestly, the only like weak part of the cast was the guy who played Jafar. Yeah. Um, it, was which, too, it was so young. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, no, anyway. he's way too hot. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. But anyway, I, I personally enjoyed it. And Naomi Scott as Jasmine just kind of busted out, like, all the speakers because she's so good. Um, yeah. But I, I personally, that's my favorite of all of them. And you would have thought that I would have liked the Maleficent because I, I like, oh, yes. I, 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 I just, uh, I have no sympathy for Maleficent because she says, now you shall deal with me, all prince, and all the powers of hell. Um, I, sorry, I'm not going to have much sympathy for a villain that calls upon the powers of hell. <laughs> Why did she call upon the powers of heck? Would that be okay? Like, be like, eh, well, yeah. not happy about maybe, it, but... Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I loved the costuming in that one. I, I thought they made Angelina Jolie look amazing as, uh, as Maleficent, but I just... I just could not jive with that one. Aladdin's the only one of the, the remakes that I've actually really enjoyed. All right. So, before we go, Ken, what is the worst animated movie you have ever seen in your life? Uh-oh. <laughs> Man. Is it comes to your head like, I hate this movie and if I could burn every film and acetate cell of this, I would do it. Oh, gosh. Oh, I have to think about that one. No, no, don't think. Uh... Just the first thing that pops in your head and fills you with rage. <laughs> oh, um, you know, because I forget the ones that I don't like, so that's uh, so if it's forgettable, well, that's not the worst. The worst yeah. one is the one that fills you with rage. Well, like I said before, I'm not a fan of Shrek. I wouldn't say it fills me with rage, but I really don't like it. I'm also okay. I'll go ahead and say it. I'm not a fan of Frozen. Hmm. Oh. that's fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. It, I don't know that Frozen it two. comes close. <laughs> well, I haven't seen Frozen 2 because I'm like, I didn't. why would I watch Frozen 2 if I didn't like Frozen 1? That's totally fair. Uh-huh. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, it, it, it felt to me like it was just kind of like it was Tangled tangled Light. I love Tangled yeah. to Death. Tangled is so cool. Yeah. One of the best things that the, the, the studio's done in more recent years. I'm sure I could think of another one that I hate more because mm-hmm. I don't, but... Yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I don't feel the Frozen thing. The part of it is just the fact that it got so much love for the whole sister thing when it wasn't the first sister thing. And I'm just like, no, it's not the first sister thing. The sister story. (laughs) (laughs) Movie about sisters, like we said before. So, and it just, it 
the 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 hype and the love for it just got so blown out of proportion, and it just didn't didn't do much for me when I saw it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, unless anyone has any closing remarks, Ken, thank you so so much for giving us two hours of your time <laughs> and Thanks. redoing your intro. I screwed up. It, you know what? At least you <laughs> caught it in the intro. <laughs> true. True. Yep. True. It'd be uh, really bad to be finding that now. Yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome anytime you want to come on. But uh, why don't you tell the good people in in the interwebs, all six billion of our listeners, where can people find you? Uh, What sort of stuff can they buy from you? Ah, okay, well... Plug um, plug yourself. Okay, well, I have a website, kenpreby.com. It has links to all my socials. You can buy my books there. I've done a couple poetry books called Let There Be Owls Everywhere and Gnomes of the Cheese Forest. Okay, um, now I'm interested. <laughs> Gnomes of the yeah. Cheese Force is delightful. Um, it got uh, the uh, Ashley's six-year-old niece seal of approval. Uh, she got it for Christmas <laughs> for <laughs> May last year. So anyway, Sweet. go ahead, Ken. Um, yeah, so my, another book called Ice Cream Truck at Midnight. You can see my animation there as well. The animation stuff I've done with kids, uh, Lego animations, different things like that. It's just a lot of a lot of stuff. And, and Ken, Ken is being modest. He literally wrote uh, the book on uh, stop motion animation. He's written a few textbooks. Um, mm. Yeah, which I thought uh, I, I knew Ken had written about stop motion animation. I'm looking through it. So I was like, oh, this man wrote textbooks. Oh, oh, the uh, director of Nightmare Before Christmas um, wrote the foreword for this one. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, so anyway, if you want to learn about stop motion animation, like Kendra, Kendra guy. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for coming on. Some someone with actual clout <laughs> yeah. came onto our our meager little <laughs> podcast. <laughs> thank you. Ken. Um, so, Jason, uh, where can people find you? All right, uh, you can find me on most social media at Comic Exile or at ComicExile.com. Ash Cash Bagash. All right. So, few different places. You can read my words on my blog, nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. You can also read my words on fangirlish.com, where I'm writing a lot about Star Trek here uh, lately. Lots of Star Trek coming out. Um, You can hear my words being read on the Sci-Fi 5 podcast, five minutes of science fiction history, five days a week. actually wrote today's, which is about Robert Beltran, who uh, was Commander Chakotay on Star Trek Voyager. Today is his birthday. You can hear me, aside from Dearly Debated, you can also hear me on a few of the different podcasts on the We Made This Podcast Network, where I'm talking a lot about uh, film and Star Trek. So, there you go. And you can find me at Holy Golem on Twitter. And, of course, Greg and I do The Kitchen Chemist on YouTube. Great cooking show. Lots of fun. Tasty testers. Da-da-da-da-da. Oh, no. I I keep calling it Tasty Testers, but I... Deliberately called it Testy Tasters. It's more <laughs> clever, but I never say it the right way. Um, but yeah, go subscribe to us. Uh, we got great recipes on there. They do. I use the Russell Sprouts recipe oh, all the time. So good. It is so good. Thank uh, you. Yeah, most of them are pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and deli- oh, well, they're all delicious. Or I wouldn't. We had one episode that I was like, this was very meh. And then that episode got lost into the ether, and I was actually <laughs> happy about it. But there was only one episode, and I'm going to mention what, what ingredient was involved. It's not worth talking about. <laughs> but so. Ken, I want you to brace your ears because this is how I've chosen to close out every episode for Jason and for myself. It is J. Jonah Jameson laughing, but the pitch and the tone shifts every time I press the button. So brace yourself. Until next time, everybody. Goodbye. That was the wrong one. Let me try that again. Goodbye. (laughs) 
I love it so much. Now, I, I, I will say, Ken, I was incredibly restrained on the soundboard today. <laughs> he really was. This is the least he's yeah. ever used the soundboard. Ken, please be oh, on the cool. podcast right. full time. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I can show you the world. Shining, shimmering, splendid. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes Take you wonder by wonder Over sideways and under On a magic carpet ride A whole new world A new fantastic point of view No one to tell us 